0: As we continue uh, with our contact series, is taking a look at different titles and names of God, different attributes and character traits uh, of the Lord. With this being graduation uh, Sunday, I felt led to ask Pastor Christian to bring the word. He is a college graduate now and a licensed minister. Sit down he would have did a great job before those papers were in his hands also. But uh, we're going to just talk about God being our deliverer today. And uh, Christian, the Lord has led Christian to some some very powerful things to do, some activations at the end of service as well. So give him uh, your attention, your heart. Why don't you welcome him? Pastor Christian Brawler. (laughs) Good morning. Whew. All right, here we go. Let's see how this goes. How are we doing this morning? All right, I'm going, going pretty good so far. Um, <laughs> um, I just want to thank Pastor Kurt for letting me uh, to get this opportunity to speak to you all. I'm used to holding a microphone, but I thought I'd try this out today. So <laughs> I don't know what this arm's going to do. <laughs> so about three weeks or so ago, um, Pastor Kurt called me into his office and he goes, hey, I want you to preach. Um, and I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for that. I don't know. Here we go. He goes, don't worry about it. It's a, not until June 9th. I was okay. okay. Um, but he asked me to preach. He gave me a list of of the names of God, and it was very extensive. And uh, I was ready. I'm like, all right, so what am I going to preach about? He goes, you pick. I'm like, oh, wow, what an honor. Like, thank you for trusting me with that. But in the other half of my brain, I was just like, I can make this a Sunday no one is ever going to forget. <laughs> so I was just kind of like, well, maybe I should, you know, go on the more of the right side. So, but here we go. I was in my office and I looked at the page and the word deliverer just popped out and I just got so excited and we all know God is our deliverer, right? God is our deliverer. Jesus dying on the cross, we know that what he has done to give us salvation, to give us that free gift is such a blessing and such an honor to be able to be a part of that. But we think of that as the surface more of like delivery, surface salvation, the beginning steps of delivery. Okay, God, you've delivered me. Thank you. So now I'm good. And we kind of get stuck in this little bubble of, yeah, you've delivered me. Now I just have a relationship with you. That's it. We don't dig deep and we, we don't really understand truly that he delivers us constantly throughout our lives, that our relationship with him as he is our father and we are his son. I was in my car driving, I have no idea where, Um, and I was thinking about this sermon and I'm like, what in the world am I gonna talk about? Like, I can give the salvation message, the righteousness of the free gift and I'm like, I can do that, but I wanna give a little bit more than that. I'm like, God, I need something, I need something. Can you give me something a little bit more? And boom, right there, I was in my car He says to me, I have to find it. Oh, I lost my place. It's going strong. Here we go. Deliverance is not just a surface thing or salvation. You know, many people want deliverance. We want God as that vending machine. Hey, yeah, I'll have this. I'll have this. Can I have that? Can I have this? I need you to help my marriage. I need you to set me free from this drug. I'm so addicted to pornography. I need this. I need this in my life. I need this. I need this. I need money. I need this, that, and this. But we forget the discipline that comes with deliverance. We forget about that. We forget about the journey. We forget that he is our father, that he loves us, that he will discipline us. The father doesn't discipline it. He's really not your father. So God is our deliverer. God is our deliverer. Can you please turn uh, with me to Romans 3, um, verse 21 through 24? You know, I was saying before, we forget that deliverance is a more a deeper than just the surface salvation. And we forget that we put it in this bubble and we forget that we can go to God for things, for our sins, the secrets that we have in our life. You know, when I talk about the secret sin or you hear the secret sin in your life, you know what it is. You know what it is. We can all think about it. We don't want to say it because it's embarrassing, but we all know what it is. God is our deliverer. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we have all fallen short of God's glory. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of, for sin, for our sin. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Shivers whenever I read that. Thank you, Jesus. You are so amazing. Who likes free things? Okay, fine. I won't give you any of you guys' stuff. <laughs> We love free things. Free things are amazing. I love getting free Christmas. That's me. That's me. I will receive. I will receive my birthday. You know, Easter. Come on, those, like make up some other holiday. Come on, like I will receive those gifts. We all love free things, and I love those moments <laughs> when we go to a restaurant. Right? It's so funny. Um, <clears throat> we go to a restaurant. And, you know, we're going out with our friends, with our family, you know, who knows where. We'll go to Cracker Barrel. And, um, you know, the bill comes in and you're just kind of like, you're slowly reaching into your pocket, like trying to look. And your friend's like, no, worry about it. I got it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you. And in your mind, you know that you're just like, I almost expected you to pay for it. But so like you have that, you got, you have that whole like down, you're like slowly reaching into your pocket. Like no one has ever reached into their pocket slowly before except for that moment. They're just like, yeah, I got my wallet. Oh, it's stuck in there. Give me a second. (laughs) Those just moments. We love that free stuff, right? We love free stuff. I love when someone pays for my meal. I'm perfected the slow wallet. don't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Those moments are just the best, aren't they? <laughs> we love free stuff. Free stuff is amazing. At the Rock, we've learned about a lot of uh, cool stuff. We learned that we aren't the best of people. Um, we've learned that we are a bunch of lying, deceiving thieves, which is interesting. So, who has ever lied before? If you don't have your hand up, you're lying. So. Put your hand up. (laughs) Oh, help us. Who's ever gossiped about someone before? Talked about someone behind their back, right? We've all done it. Who's ever stolen something? A couple people say. Or better better yet, here we go. Borrowed something but just forgot to return it, right? (laughs) Right? We are not (laughs) the best of people. We are not the best of people. We've sinned. We've fallen short. You know, it's, it's... We can't do anything about it. We've fallen short. Thank goodness someone did something about it. Come on. We were so imperfect. Yet Jesus was so perfect. He loved people, healed people, spoke the truth, never sinned, never lied, never stole Never deceived anyone. You know, when we look at the cross and we see that depiction, the wood, or however it looks like in a picture, we need to get reminded that that was us. That was for us. That's my cross. I should have been up there. We are so... Messed up, as people we've sinned, fallen short. We hear that story, we hear Barabbas, this random person in the Bible. That's us, that's me. I was there. And Jesus, you stood right next to me and said, I'll take it, I'll deliver you from this. I'll give you that free gift, free gift of righteousness, so you can be made right with me. That's my God. That's my God. Come on, church, say, say it with me. That's my God. It is. However, let's dive a little deeper. Let's dive a little deeper in God, who, that God is our deliverer. Can you turn to me to uh, Hebrews 12, I believe? Is that right, Hebrews 12? Okay. Okay, we're still going good. Got concerned there for a moment. We talked, like I said before, God is not a vending machine. We don't just go to Him with things that we want and we need. It's a little bit more than that. Deliverance is more than just saying, hey, can I have this? Can I have that? We know that it's a process. So here we go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my children, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you for the Lord discipline, disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who was never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly father disciplines us for a few years, doing the best he knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Sometimes you just got to read it. Sometimes you just got to read it. As children of God, we cannot neglect the fact that God has to discipline us. God loves us. A father teaches their ways in life and disciplines their children when they do something wrong, or when we lie, because he's trying to teach us and show us the true way, the true way. I remember getting disciplined by my parents when I was younger, Um, probably my least favorite was when I said something wrong or bad. This was when I was younger, like really young, like it was so long ago. Um, <laughs> I would say something wrong and my parents would correct me and then they would take me to the bathroom and really get the soap bar and put it in my mouth. And I was like, that was my most hated, I hated that. But I knew from that moment, as God, or not God, <laughs> as my parents disciplined me. I knew that that wasn't the right thing I was supposed to say at the moment. I, that's not what I'm supposed to say at all my life. But I hated that. It wasn't fun. I didn't like that at all. Like, soap in the mouth does not taste good. Does not taste good. You see, we may not like the discipline that we get, but we have to get it in order to see the results after. We forget about that. You know, I... We look at God as our Father, and He's amazing. But we forget the discipline side, the teaching side. You know, it's so easy to look at God and put ourselves in His place. That's not how I would do it. Well, you don't love people because that's not how I would do it. I'm living a pretty good life. I know how to love people, and that is not love. Why would you discipline your children like that? That's not discipline. I know how to do it. And we take God and we put him off to the side and we put ourselves up there and say, this is the way it's supposed to be done. And yet we get so angry at God and start yelling and screaming at him because he hasn't delivered us from something when we truly haven't actually went through the process because we are taking his place. Ephesians 2, 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he has planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. We are his children. He loves us. He wants the best for us. Yet when we go through life and we disobey God and we sin and we do something that's not the brightest and we do this and we do that, we basically take that masterpiece and we start adding our own additions to it. No, I think I need some of this in my life. No, I need some of this in my life. Can I have some of this? Start carrying all this baggage and we think that we need it in our lives. We put other things more important than God and we just attach things onto our lives and yet we forget that they are there. You know, I think about, whenever I think think about the word masterpiece, I think of like the artists way back in the, who knows when, Da Vinci, right? I didn't think he just sat there like one day, he just kind of sat there and was just like thinking to himself, like, oh yeah, I think one day I'll just paint the Mona Lisa. Give me some person. Okay, it's done, here we go. And it just went up into a museum. He didn't just do that. It took time, effort. If he made a mistake, he had to erase it or paint over it. It took time, it took days, it probably took weeks and months. It wasn't built in a day. Right? So when God says that you are his masterpiece, he's building you up and creating you. And we want it now. Give me, I want now. We are such a microwave generation. Boop, boop, boop. Ding. All right, here we go instant macaroni and cheese. I want right now. And we look at God like that and he's like, well, hold up. Slow down, relax. Let's work on this together. We're building you up and creating you into this masterpiece. Forget about that. So we started attaching all this junk to our lives to this masterpiece. What if somebody went up to Da Vinci and said, "No, here. I know something way better." And just started drawing on it. It'd be kind of upset. Be like, "Excuse me, sir. This is my painting." Right? It'd be kind of like kind of rude if you went up to some artist it was like, no, nah, I think this should go right there, and start just painting in yellow or something like that. It would be rude. That's so rude. It's so rude. Yet that's what we do. We say, God, move out of the way. I'm coming up here. I need this in my life. Come on, church. Yet when we have this, our version of the masterpiece, we attach our own things on it, we realize that we are just loaded with baggage, just loaded with just a bunch of junk in our life. And then we finally realize, okay, obviously I can't do a good job, God, so you need to do it. So he comes up to you. Like, all right, we're getting ready to do this. Let's do it. And he starts removing the first thing, and you, no, I don't want to do that. I've created this, so I want to keep it. And you start taking control. You know, God, I want you to be first in my life. Right after money. (laughs) Because that's important. God, I want you to be first in my life right after my job. Because that's really important. I got to focus on that. Got to make a living. You see, we really don't want God to take those things out of our life because they mean so much to us. And the only thing God wants to do is restore you to his masterpiece and be first in your life. See, I need some water. In all reality, nothing really matters. It's the truth. History is amazing. I love history. You look through it all the time. And what happened in the battles, you know, you go past World War II, you go to George Washington, you even go down to the Romans, and you see all this history. One or two people are remembered, but that doesn't truly even matter. We start putting other things first in our life because we think that they matter. God, This needs to be most important. I need to be this liked at work. With my friends, I need to feel importance. We need to be ready to go through this deliverance process. You know, anything can happen. With God. Nothing is impossible. So he can, he can deliver you. Right there. He can't. I'm not doubting. But usually it takes a process. It takes a process. It takes building you up, tearing you back down, getting those things out of your life, building you back up, tearing you back down. Building you back up to create this masterpiece. And so when you look into a mirror, you shouldn't see yourself. You should see Jesus. This is what we're going to do this morning. i almost a little scared here. You know? <laughs> Getting Ready? We can't be messing around anymore. When we need deliverance, we have to go to God and want deliverance and actually get those things out of our life. You know, some of those things are dug really down and deep into our hearts. And he's got to get in there and get it out. But you have to let him get in there and get it out. It's, it might hurt. It might be painful. And my tears may be flowing I've learned that real men cry, so (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) Just you should have seen me at my wedding. (laughs) I was gone. (sighs) This is what we're gonna do. You start. Band's gonna play a little bit. And I am going to start announcing things in your life that you could be struggling with. Rending a little early because I want this altar time and also because the youth pastor's preaching so he doesn't preach very long. But take this moment seriously. I'm going to start announcing things that you may be struggling with and I'm going to hit this. And when you hear that and you're struggling with that, get to this altar. Can I have everyone stand up? There's that secret sin that you've been hiding in your heart for so long. You don't want to tell anyone, no one even knows. Not even your closest friend, not even your spouse. No one knows. you know what it is. Probably thinking about it right now. We all know what it is. There may be something else you may, may be struggling with. But unless we get serious and let God get into our hearts and start taking out that stuff and start disciplining us and showing us the right way, and you're just going to be stucking. You're just going to be stuck there. God wants to get in. He wants to show you the way. He wants to take that out of your life and show you and make you into his masterpiece. You have to let him do that. You have to let him do that. So here we go. God we are ready to get to work if you have and don't feel embarrassed if we feel, if, if we feel embarrassed to come up here then we're not a family you can't feel embarrassed it may be weird maybe awkward but don't feel that in church we cannot show that picture to people can't do that. Oh, you're going up for this. Watch out. Can't do that. Let's get that, that thought. That thought goes. So here we go. I'm not going to actually hurt him. <laughs> Just an analogy. <laughs> if you have all in your life have been struggling with depression, get up here. Father issues or mother issues. Lust, pornography, anything like that. Unrighteous anger that you've been struggling with. You get so mad at people. You you struggle with people and how they react to you. Greed. Love money. Envy, that person's way better off than I am. I wish I was like them. I wish I had all that cash. I wish I had that car. I envy that person, they're so popular. Anxiety. Fear. secret sin that no one else knows comparison lying laziness if there's anything else in your life that I didn't mention, that you know, you know, you have to get out of your life, let's deal with that today. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.